You're listening to the Black Box Music Podcast with Brian and Nick, where we're talking to artists about what it's like to get your music heard in the ever-changing music industry, Uh, how it is to use tools like social media and other platforms as an independent artist in a changing music business. Today we sit down with Brooklyn, New York artist Mars Motel. Billboard magazine called them Dream Pop with flavors of Pink Floyd, Radiohead, and the War on Drugs. We became fans of them here, and lead singer Sarah Kumar sits down and talks about how he went back and found some old demos in his hometown, and ultimately it became what they are now, Mars Motel. Here's morning. You're listening to the Black Box Music Podcast. Uh, We're sitting down today with Mars Motel singer Sarah Kumar. Uh, What I know about the band is they formed in 2017. Sarah started the band out in Brooklyn. Um, I'd give them a dream pop vibe. I think you guys have been compared to a little bit. Uh, flavors of Radiohead, a little Pink Floyd, and some more on drugs. Uh, see that you released several singles since 2017. We're mostly kind of going out releasing singles. Uh, you got a big premiere, though, on Billboard magazine in 2018 for Living in the Moment. Uh, after that, most of 2018, you did some touring. You sold out some shows at Bowery Ballroom and Mercury Lounge in the island of Manhattan. Uh, You were invited to play the Firefly Music Festival. That must have been exciting. We'll talk more about that later. Um, In 2019, you started working on your first full-length album. Passenger X came out in October of 2019, over a quarter million streams almost immediately. You guys were indie press darlings, uh, the likes of The Deli, uh, Substream, Independent Music News. Everybody said you were fantastic. Nick and I here agree. Welcome to the show, Sarek. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate that. I mean, you you wrapped up the entire career right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we well, do here. And we hope we can you can fill in some gaps here for us too. Certainly, yeah. I mean, you guys definitely have uh, you know learned a lot about us, which is super cool, and like we appreciate that very much. It's it's always nice to like you know, it's always still a surprise to me, and it it makes me so happy just like hear somebody out there pick up the music and be like, just reach out and just you know say something kind or just something you know positive about the band it, mm-hmm. it goes a long way and, and we definitely appreciate that so thank you well, good to know course, absolutely glad you do what you do um so take us back to the beginning what what uh how did this band get started and of course yeah so so i moved to brooklyn in 2012 and i started playing guitar in a band actually called twin wave and we were playing for several years, and I was the guitar player mostly. And you know, there was a separate singer, there was another guitar player, and it was going very well. Like we were playing that early Brooklyn circuit, you know, 2013, 2014. Um, a lot of the great venues like Glassland and 285 Kent, um, and we kind of hit that very end period of when Williamsburg was kind of shifting over from being, you know, the the end of the, I guess, the 2000s grunge era into more of like the beautiful glass hipster, and steel that it is hipster. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we caught that very end error, which was great. And that band was doing a lot of fun stuff and it was very enjoyable. But after a while, I started to feel the itch to kind of go in a different direction personally, creatively. And like, I wanted to kind of, you know, focus on my own songwriting a little bit. And while I did have a lot of flexibility in that band, being the guitar player, there's still something else about kind of, starting your own project and feeling like you really mm-hmm. can, you know, take it to places where, you know, that, that you feel is 
in your wheelhouse and your vision. So sure. that's kind of like the birth of where Mars Motel started. Mm-hmm. It kind of formed as this this idea that I just had, and you know, I, I I've been writing music all my life. I've I've been playing you know guitar and songwriting for as as long as I I can remember as an adult, and and you know, I've always had these this 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 idea of like what a band could look like and could sound like, and that's kind of where the birth of Mars Motel happened. And it actually started off as kind of like a solo project. Actually, like the first record, um, the first couple of singles that you mentioned actually um, are totally different musicians that are on, you know. On oh, those, oh, okay, stuff. different yeah. lineup. Yeah, totally different lineup. So um, a lot of that was arranged by myself and the producer at the time I worked with, uh, Tommy Eichmann, who's a great dude. And, you know, we got we got together and kind of picked out some of our friend musicians and like, you know, recorded those mm-hmm. couple singles like that. And then I realized that it was so much fun recording this music and so much fun kind of like participating in like this new world that I've created that I was like, I have to figure out how to do this more often live. live. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and that's always been a dream for me in the sense that like, I've always wanted to be part of a strong live band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the bands that I love are all about live acts. And like, you know, creating a great studio record is incredibly important and super cool. But if you can't, if you can't push it live, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really, that's where I'm really, Absolutely. That, that magic moment, you know, you see a band, yeah. like, you know, and you know, the songs really well. And like you go there and then all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, and they just took it absolutely. to the next level. There's a certain, there's a time in everyone's life as a fan and, a, and an artist I think mine was Duran Duran in 1984. Super cool. The Seven and the Ragged Tiger tour, but it was my first show in like like an arena. You know, my dad took me and my older sister. And when they came out, the reflex flicking, you know, LED screens in the 80s, I was just like shocked and blown away. And it's forever now. You know, of course I had every Duran Duran album back then, but that live power can make a fan on the spot if it's done right yeah couldn't couldn't agree more what about what about this like dystopian thought though like we're in the world of covid right and the the the, the, basically our live shows that we that you just both explained not possible how does (laughs) a band how does a band like continue on in a in in at least we're looking at at least another year right so if you were to start a brand new band right now and you didn't have that ability to be like, I love these songs, I got to go play them out, what would you do? Instagram Live. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. It's been, it's been my best friend, honestly. I feel like that has been a saving grace in this, in this time period. And it's, it's funny that you had that segue because we literally just did our, our first Instagram Live as a, as a band. So I've, I've done several during COVID just by myself because obviously we couldn't all hang out and like, you know, meet up and do our thing. Mm -hmm. And it was just acoustic and it felt very personal and like, it actually, you know, worked out well for what it was. It's not always easy to translate certain songs to straight acoustic, but for sure it it was fun. It definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely was like its own thing. But yesterday, uh, Justin and myself, we, um, we got together at the apartment here and we did the first like duo type gig that, that we've done. And it was like, you know, he played the, this awesome Rick and, I had my acoustic and we kind of like made a, a very different sounding acoustic set. And it was so fun to play with another human being. Like just, it's been, <laughs> I mean, it's been since February since we've hung out and like, 
you know, been able to see each other. That's sad in its own right. But like Crazy. playing music with another human being was like, I was, I was, I was surprised how much it affected me. Like mm -hmm. I was like, like I was like giddy for the rest of the evening. You know, like I was like felt like that same high you feel after yeah. like a regular live show. And of course, like you know, we're playing to an inanimate object. We're like talking to a phone, and you're like, mm -hmm. what is this? Did you guys, um, did you guys use a special mic plugged into the phone, or how did that? How did you guys work that out? So I have one of those. Um, I actually did it because. I have a really old phone. Like I never, I never, I not never upgraded, which is sad. Good for you. I have like a, I have like Good a. For you. Fighting it, fighting the. Fighting the Apple man. So yeah. I have like one of like the old ones that um, I think Steve Jobs was still alive when this phone was happening. So. Um, <laughs> it's got sentimental value. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you know, the, the old chargers and stuff like that, like you have to make sure it's plugged in. Otherwise it's going to die quickly. So unfortunately the mic that I have would connect in right into that port, uh. but it doesn't have a separate you know, AC out or whatever, like a power out. So anyway, I've been using this directly and we've all been so surprised with like how decent of a compression mix it creates. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it worked. I mean, I would say obviously listening with headphones, you can have a much better experience than if you just like mm -hmm. try to listen to it by itself. But I remember, it's, it's been working, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. when uh, like I got, maybe it was like the 3G phone, right? Yeah. And we used to have in, in my in my practice studio for my band, we had like a, you know, a full on recorder so we could record our practice sessions. And then the phone came out and we just started pushing play on their, on their thing. And it worked fine. Like it wouldn't distort. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It like it killed like a whole entire industry. It was convenience. You know? It was convenience <laughs> over quality. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, Ed, but so let's go, I want to go back a little bit cause you start this project. Yeah. Um, it starts kind of with some demos that you end up working on with a producer in a studio. The Brooklyn, I used to go through Brooklyn and play this place, the Warsaw. Is that still around? They have great you know, I live and, oh. right down the street from Warsaw. Excellent. Is it Literally, still have shows? I mean, I mean, I mean it, COVID? Did, it did have yeah. shows, yeah. Excellent. I, I think it was taken over by one of the big companies, though. It was independent okay. for like very long, and I, and I forget which one. Like AG like, or something about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, one of the ones, and it could Live Nation even, or something. Maybe it could be Bowery Presents even. Yeah, uh, I could see that. Makes more sense because it's a New York-based type thing. But but yeah, for the longest time, like you know that, like it's a stone's throw away. Like it's like where yeah. I buy like groceries too. And there was <laughs> like, there was far. such a scene there. I remember, you know, yeah. I remember meeting so many musicians every time I went through town. So is that kind of like, like what do you do? You got this idea. You're in a city that's kind of notorious for bands being birthed. Um, if you know, if everybody's not already in a band, there's probably people looking to be in one. So, sure. is that where you found the rest of the dudes in the band? Yeah, the first the first roundup lineup was actually like an interesting mix. One of them, I I reached out to all my like close friends, right, like the people who I know well and like who are not necessarily in dedicated projects who potentially could like commit some time because mm -hmm. as we all know, music is a massive time commitment suck. And yeah it's a big be, time you suck. have to be you have to love it now you have to like mm -hmm. choose it over anything else in your life essentially for it to work properly um and you know a lot of my buddies were already in projects and they were like doing their other things and like you know it, it, it wasn't necessarily easy to convince somebody without having like the singles ready and i was like trying to like you know do a dual path like i was like mixing the signal singles trying to get them ready and also asking people about joining a live band. So like there was nothing to show them for at first. Mm -hmm. yeah. And a lot of my friends were like, yeah, man, that sounds cool. Like, you know, we'll get back to you. Yeah. And, then, and then when they heard the, like, heard the records, they're like, oh man, we should have said yes to that. <laughs> I was like, that's great. That. 
But anyway, um, you know, it was a mixture of friends that I knew, um, the guitar player for, for a long time that uh, he actually just left the group pre-COVID, just before COVID. But um, uh, Wes Wynn, he, he was the guitar player that I asked to join the project. And I've known Wes for years. Like, um, we have mutual friends going back to high school time. And he's a great dude. And, and we actually really like, connected very well over this project. So all the stuff you hear on the live Eclipse sessions, which happened right after the singles, and then everything you hear on Passenger X, that's myself and Wes on all guitar parts. Very cool. And then um, bassist, uh, Justin, who I was just playing with yesterday, he's been like the steady member of the group. He was like, he's been there since the beginning, essentially. He's the only member so far that hasn't left. <laughs> so everyone's mm-hmm. kind of had like, you know, lineup switches and stuff like that. And Justin's my, my like, you know, the, the So he'll get, he'll get to be in the video. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we, we actually met on, uh, you're going to be blown away by this, a Craigslist, like a straight up Craigslist ad. And you know the musician network and Craig, uh, like uh, the New York Craigslist like network was was surprising. Like I got a ton of responses. I met a bunch of people, but like Justin and I, you know, I kind of like hit it off. Like just it just really worked. And like he's now a super close friend, but we didn't know each other before this project. Mm-hmm. So you know now he lives down the street, and like you know we hang out all the time, and like all that kind of fun stuff. But before this, like before 2017, we didn't know each other. So that's uh, so crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, a good one. And then the uh, the drummer. Um, the first drummer, uh, Jordan, incredible drummer, Berkeley trained, um, was looking for a project at the time. And then he decided to move out to, to California. And then Craig, who is also a friend of a friend, he joined the, the, the group and he's the current drummer and he's also amazing. So a lot of this is like, you know, like you said, New York is like a hub where like you got people passing in and out and like musicians who are dying to be playing with a live act and it's like dying to like, you know, be able to pursue music as much as they can. And I was lucky enough to find some of these great, great players and just great dudes, you know, like we're, we're all super close. And like, obviously the bond of the band has, has made us even closer. And like, you know, I'm sure both of you have tons of like experience and, and history about like, you find a unique connection with your bandmates, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like not necessarily a family member, but it's like, it's its own world. You know, it's like its own it's unique tribe. relationship. It's yeah, tribe. exactly. It's tribe. It's tribe. And like, you really feel um, like, connected to them in in ways that even if you don't see them for a long time like once you pick up the instrument with them like you're like communicating in a totally Mm -hmm. different way and i i have it with these two dudes and between craig and and justin for sure like wes unfortunately had to leave the band and we we right before covid we actually met a new uh keyboard player ryan Mm -hmm. and ryan is going to join the project and then literally the week he joins covid hits oh (laughs) man we haven't haven't been able to have a show with our new lineup and it's Mm -hmm. just been uh, yeah, so and I'm sure that's frustrating because your album pretty much like just came out, you know, especially like when COVID hit, it was like three months old. Exactly. So you're you're yeah. ready to tour. We you're were ready, so to ready to start. Stuff. Yep. See, yeah, gosh. Well, so in exchange, you know, the the brakes are halted, the flight is stopped. You're on the tarmac. You know <laughs> what? What do you do? It's you yeah, know, this well, is something every musician's faced with it right now. You know, yeah. canceled. Yeah. Tours. So the the question would be like all that goes away, right? What do you, what do you, how are you guys approaching it now? Cause mm-hmm. you, you, you can't stop, right? You can't stop working. You can't stop putting the word out. So what, what's working for you guys right now? So I, I, when COVID hit, it hit me really hard because obviously the whole world is going through such a difficult time. But just as you said, from like a personal experience, like I felt very lost in all this work and all the effort we just put into like, you know, this record and like all the success we just had 
immediately after of all these amazing sold out shows. And we actually had a pretty awesome lineup of shows coming up into this year. And they all, of course, had to be canceled. So I think personally it hit me really hard because I felt like I lost a per- part of my identity, essentially, mm-hmm. of being like, what do I do now? Like, what is my purpose <laughs> as a yeah. musician? Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I-, I had this conversation with a lot of my friends and like, music is such a different art form than say like, like a writer, right? Like a writer is able to be solitary. They can write anywhere. They can, they can do their craft from like a form of isolation, essentially. Music is a communal aspect, right? Like, I yes, of course, that. you record it and you, 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 you may write it separately and that, that mm-hmm. part is important. But like the reaction, the participation you get from an audience, just like the feedback and, and like the immediacy of understanding, like, you know, you, you know how an audience feels and you know how you feel in the moment. Mm-hmm. A writer may not know that for many, many, you know, months or years or however you know, many t- much time it takes. So I, I found that like music connection, stripping that away from a lot of us has been like quite difficult. And I think that I did the only thing that I knew how to do, which was just try to figure out ways to continue in my own weird self-isolation mode. So like we actually, rec- I recorded a bunch of um, acoustic tracks and I actually went go. back to my, um, my family's home in Long Island where I grew up and mm-hmm. they, my, my parents had this beautiful house and it's, it's, really, it's really great. And I essentially cleared out the dining room and just set up mics and I recorded an acoustic set just right there. And I, had, I filmed it, I put up, you know, put up a camera and like, I sent that, I, I, re- I released that just because there was nothing else to do. So mm-hmm. I released that like, what was it, uh, in April. So I recorded it in the end of March, like right when COVID was happening. I released it in April. And, you know, one of them is a demo track, like a new, a new track that we haven't even released yet. And I decided to do it acoustically. And like, you know what? what what's the harm? Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> what else why is there not? to do? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you got to stay, you got to stay productive. Otherwise, you just end up smoking a bunch of pot watching Netflix or... Exactly. Eating, a ba- eating a bag of chips, which <laughs> I know story. a lot of, no, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Hey, but uh, no, you know, you see people that aren't using the time to their advantage, you know, yeah, and it's like yeah. the people who are going to be on top are the people that are still being engaging, giving their fans something to forward to look forward to, um, you know, and making plans. It's, it will go away. It might take a little while, but, yeah. you know, if you just stop, you're just going to lose a year, you know, people's attention spans are so short, you know, it's so it's true. Like, so you, anyway, you know, yeah. The, uh, the thinking that I, I'll, I'll propose to you is what band, so you're, you're probably, you're probably online watching other, other artists that, that you listen to and like, what are they doing that you think's working? What, what are the so, good things that you're seeing going yeah, on? Yeah, that's a good way to ask it. I have been seeing, and I, I mentioned it before, but like, I still think that it's, it's such an important factor. Like These live streams and these like Instagram lives or Facebook lives or whatever it may be, I have found it surprising and also very, very it makes me very happy like how much audiences appreciate and enjoy and love these like intimate moments with the bands. Like I've been seeing more and more folks just do like these like very kind of like apartment concerts, essentially what we did yesterday, you know? And like, I think the best ones are the ones that feel very engaged. So like Mm -hmm. they're answering comments, they're talking to them, they're like responding to them in real time. It's the ones that I've seen that have been less impactful have like 
tried to set up something a little bit too pro for what we are currently going through, right? Like mm-hmm. they, have, they have an amazing camera, but like it's too far away, so they can't interact. And they just like essentially are just talking aimlessly. Like the ones that are great, it's like what a rare time. Like you can have a face to face or you know almost almost a face to face conversation with your favorite bands, or like you know whoever uh, it may be. Like you get to ask people questions about like the gear they're using. You know you mm-hmm. get to talk to them about like you know what gets them excited about like you know their their current uh, single or whatever like you know they're really, they they released recently like. I think that has been to me like a great lesson learned. It's like, if you want to be a musician, like you have to connect with your audience. You have to try to, to bridge that gap. And that's mm-hmm. something that I'm always trying to work on personally too. It's like during our Instagram lives, like I'm reading every single comment along the way. If I missed it, like I'll literally like try to make a mental note while I'm playing. But like, you know, so-and-so like you said that, like, but I'm trying very hard to make sure that like, I'm trying to break this wall, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. cause, cause now we always are dealing with this, like this, this internet wall essentially. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, we're, we're lucky in the sense that like, we can even do this. Like imagine if there was no internet and we couldn't communicate at all. With yeah. Anybody. We, you know, it's funny cause we were talking uh, with right before one, of this, our, yeah. one of our advisors just yesterday and we were talking about it just before the call. Mm-hmm. Um, what would have happened to all kinds of industries without zoom like we're doing this on zoom right now exactly it's, yeah. it's like making an interview way more interesting to look at your face and talk to you than just it being really on does mm-hmm. um but what it also exposes is for the for those musicians out there we'll talk just about musicians it exposes certain musicians with personality and that ability to connect and that desire to and the ones that just don't give a fuck or not or won't put the time in it seems like just like another muscle that had to be created for musicians to keep going yeah and it is exhausting like i think that's a good point you just mentioned like you know there's a certain aspect of like trying to over engage that is exhausting you know Mm because like there was a time when as a musician like you know, I couldn't imagine Tom York, like, you know, communicating with an audience, like how some people have to, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it, just wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. Like, that's not the way he developed his whole ethos and personality. And like, you know, all of us look to that as like such like a incredible lore. Like, oh well, and that's there, there is definitely the old school and the new school. I mean, the old school rock and roll alternative, all types of music were really built on the mystery. You had oh. to go out and buy the album and hold it and go, Ooh, that's what, that's what he looks like. Yeah, liner know, that's notes. T- exactly, that liner notes. But now it's just like, and Tom York, thank goodness, but, you know, built a career on being <laughs> mysterious. He doesn't totally. need to do what no. you need to do today. You Not know, I think all. if Tom York was brand new and he was that mysterious, who knows if anyone would ever hear of him. You know? Right, right. And I think for us, like the people who are doing it right now, like personally, those aspects of mystery have always been so important to me. So like, regardless of the time that we're living in and that kind of stuff, like I have tried to make Mars Motel have aspects of that as much as I can. Like, mm-hmm. for example, like the art of Mars Motel is very important to like everything going on. Like if right. you look at all the album covers and all the things going on, they're all connected. Yeah, there's a vibe. Things. Yeah, there's like, a vibe. Yeah, and I, I, I work very closely with all these um, artists who I've chosen and each one of them is different. Like the first singles is somebody, um, the live stuff actually is just a photograph. And then the Passenger X singles into the record all have like a specific look and a style that like, I want to make sure it was, was capturing. And like, you know, if somebody, you know, may have looked deeper, like you'll notice that the, the stance of the character on the Passenger X album, which is an astronaut essentially looking at this, like, you know, 
very strange, potentially looking like a hotel or a motel, a very futuristic, you know, space-like motel. If mm -hmm. you look at the single art from Green, it's almost the same stance, but it's a woman in the water looking at the, I guess the, it's the skyline of um, uh, Coney Island. But it's ah. the same, same viewpoint. And it has like all this kind of like, uh, this like illusion of like, is this astronaut a female? Is this astronaut the same person as the green art? Does that storyline arc continue all the way through? Mm -hmm. And the first couple of singles, they all are actually different um, viewpoints of New York City. So you have the, the Enemy, which is the first single that came out. It's, it's, a, it's a view from the water of Domino Sugar Factory. Uh, and it's a very particular view that I remember mm -hmm. looking at when I took my first uh, ferry ride across the water. And I remember seeing this like incredible building that was just falling apart, but it had such presence. It was so sublime because it like, it just looked like this, like this, like art. It just looked, but even though it was like, it was like mm -hmm. decaying, you know, it was, like, it, but the way it was structured, the way it's built, it's so imposing and you can't deny that it's like, to such a presence. And of course right. now it's being turned into like this, like, you know, High -rise very, yeah, yeah. Something's like <laughs> happening to it. And it's not anything like it was before, but that building really struck me. And like, I tried to pick a lot of like, you know, like segments and places um, in the first couple of, of, uh, of the singles. to so just like, you know, point out my, my New York connection because I'm, you know, grew up here and have lived here. And like, I wanted to make those. It's those so crazy elements, because you know? if hearing you speak, the last place I would think you are from is Long Island. <laughs> yeah man i know that's a lot of people say that which is funny <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah that's crazy well that's really cool man so so passenger x comes out i mean that had to be like a relief for you because that's it you've only done singles i mean you didn't need p right but this is this is without a doubt the first full length um you know, I, I come from the art of making albums. I love making albums. I, you know, I still make a single here and there, but I, I like making albums. I like listening to albums. I love when bands come out with albums because there's a mentality behind let's record a single and there's a mentality behind let's record an album. You know, um, you know, my, everyone has a process. We'd write 10, 20 songs and we'd whittle it down to the ones that really felt like they went to the same party. You know, this is an album done at this time. We were feeling this, this is the inspiration. Then there's the single. Let's just make something that we can hopefully get a, some ears on, grow an audience around, um, you know, make some projections on it and then figure out when to do the next single. You know, there's, there's these two games. So when, when was it that your mentality went from, okay, we did singles, I did an EP, but it's, it's now it's time to do an album. Uh, that's a great question because we talk about this often where like the early passenger, before Passenger X came out, we had, you know, this grouping of songs that we were starting to write and starting to work on. And it was going to be a similar case where like, okay, we'll do this as an EP, you know, like we'll come in here and we'll do this as uh, maybe three songs, maybe four songs. But for whatever happened during this time period, all these songs came out and they all came out at a similar time frame. So they felt very connected in just the way we were playing, the way we were writing, and this idea of like a traveler in space coming back to Earth. Now, the Passenger X, you know, the writing style of it to me feels very much of a traveler. And I feel like I wrote a lot of those lyrics actually on a plane 
going, I was traveling a lot to the West Coast just for like, you know, friends and with family and stuff like that. Just like I was going to, to Oregon. First time I went to Oregon, which is an incredible place in general. But I had a lot of like time on these, on these, you know, six hour planes back and forth between New York and the West Coast. And it felt appropriate in so many ways that the ethos of the album feels like a traveler's album. Mm-hmm. It's, it starts off with the song Wild Sin, which is, to me, it feels like almost like that, um, you know, David Bowie space oddity mindset oddity. where like mm-hmm. you're just stuck out in space and he's thinking about his time back on earth and all the, you know, potential sins that one has committed and just like how life could be different. And like, you know, thinking of whoever the lover may be in the storyline. And as Passenger X continues, it almost follows this trend of like going through whatever time, space, warp that you go through. And then finally, at the end of the album, Lately I've Been Released, feels like the return home. And it's like you return home, but you are not familiar with the home that you once remember. Mm. And yeah yeah there so go, that's deep that's good <laughs> yeah. <Deep. laughs> yeah do you certainly. uh do you tell these kind of stories to your fan base when you when you like get on instagram live and stuff like that like how do you how do you how do you communicate this to your fans i don't think i've ever communicated that before the way i just did to you guys <laughs> well yeah i mean but that's so, that's the ex- stuff we're talking exclusive about exclusive content right? right there yeah but that's cool it's gonna definitely make me go back and listen to it mm. now with different ears you know now that i know a little story and uh i think your fans would love that kind of stuff without a doubt yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the thinking is like you know what, what kind of got us down this road which was how do you can keep connecting in different ways and like you know, tell little stories that keep people in because life's all about stories, right? Everything is a story. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear like this, this, you know, it's just everybody wants it to make sense in our brains. And we just, we just communicate with those kinds of, of uh, stories. But, mm-hmm. you know, really, that's certainly, how it works. I think that's a good point because I, I sometimes feel like, like almost like the opposite of that, where like, okay, like I, I have a story myself, right? But what if the audience and listener has his own or her own story that yeah. they're like taking from it? And I feel like- totally. there was a, don't want like to a, pollute it? Yeah, that's a part of that. But I, I, I do like, you know, I do want people to know of the stories. Like otherwise I wouldn't, you know, like be doing it in the first place, right? Like I think mm-hmm. like the storytelling itself is important, but you know, there's, there's I feel like there was this, like a Bob Dylan interview many like, you know, years ago. and he was essentially saying like the song is whatever you want it to be. You know, mm-hmm. it's like once it's out in the world, it's not, it's not my song anymore. It's everybody's song. Mm-hmm. And like, I really like that. And I always like took that to heart being like, it's a good point. It's like, you know, all these, you know, preconceived notions you have of, of your music that like you wrote and you put together, like once it's released, it's not yours anymore. It's everybody's, you know, it's like anybody who has any sort of connection to it at any point in their life, like, that is a, that is worthwhile in itself, you know. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. you know, like we all have those moments that we've all been like, "Oh my God, this song is just hitting me in all the right ways." Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. And the, if you think about how, I don't know, I think about like records that I'd had and that I would listen to in high school. I'd be driving around, and I, you know, I, I'd had a CD player in my car, so that thing would get stuck in there forever. It'd be like mm-hmm. I just listened to it over and over. And instead of the songs, I would associate these memories in this time in my life to these songs Mm -hmm. so you're right like my memories in time and what i was going through in my life was how i was experiencing that music so it naturally becomes my thing 
versus what the intention of the writer was, right? Certainly, but, yeah. Which is, you know, it's, that's God, that you just gave me a interesting good, way to look at it. It's such a good idea for a playlist. The music I was listening to in 2010 when I went through a breakup or, you know, yeah. or when yeah. I got married or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a, you could transport people into a place of your time with but a it would, soundtrack. Would it ever really work though? Cause the, you, who knows? People you like just... songs of the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be like some kind of plug in matrix thing where you could actually bring somebody in. <laughs> yeah. I want to live Brian's life. Let's see what he was like in 2010. <laughs> exactly. Get me out. You know? Get me out of there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, get me out of here, Burt Bacharach. What the hell? Yeah. But <laughs> as you mentioned that, you know, there was a, a definitely a moment moving to New York and coming to the city and the music I was listening to at that time and how much it affected me. And like, you know, I remember seeing, I remember hearing about Tame Impala, mm-hmm. and like, and you know, that first album came out in 2010. I remember mm-hmm. seeing them in 2012, right before they got huge, and. I could not believe how great they were even back then. Like I was so into it. It made me so happy. I was like, oh man, there's like a new psychedelic band that's like doing all these cool things. I would tell my friends. We went to this show at, uh, what was it? Uh, Hall of Williamsburg. And it was like a crazy snowstorm. And I remember like, we we're like, no one's going to be there. It's like, absolutely no way. Like, like, you know, like everything's canceled. Like we had to walk up there, like our boots and stuff like that. We get there, completely sold out. It was amazing. It was like really packed, hot room. And it felt like, what a unique moment, you know? And this mm-hmm. is right before like the big lonerism tour they did, like the full world tour. So like stuff like that, you know, like you have these moments that like really shape you as a musician and also as like a listener. And you're like, damn, that was cool. And like, I'll always remember those that time, you know? And, like, yeah, I definitely felt like that affected me a lot as like a budding musician trying to do art, my thing. I was like, these guys are killing it. And they're like, yeah, not, much, not much, you know, yeah. not yeah. older than me. Yeah. They're like, you know, they're killing that it. That brings a whole different element to a show and the concert going experience in general now that you mentioned it just you know like we we, we live in san diego mm. it's 70 and sunny and the nights are you can always get away with or without a jacket Jealous. it's you know it's but i've been on tour through freaking minneapolis and chicago and montreal where it's fucking below zero and there's people standing outside but yeah in a snowstorm then you walk into this warm room of energy and release. <laughs> it's got to be so much more glorious than, cool, I'm just going to cruise back outside. Yeah, and <laughs> A lot more effort to get there than uh, to get to yeah. that, that goal. Without a doubt. Yeah, the Northeast is its own crazy game. Monster. <laughs> yeah. mm, I love it over there, though, man. I love it. Yeah. So, you, you, so you're on Instagram. Have you played around with Twitch yet? I haven't played much Twitch. No, I, I don't really know that world as well of like what it could do for like facilitating and I guess an like an artist, right? Like I know it's, that people watch great, you know, video game stars essentially, but like I don't really know that much. So check it. out, check out. So bands in town and Twitch have a little partnership. So now if you sign up, like I just got, I get these emails and it's like Radiohead's playing at seven o'clock uh, on their Twitch channel and. Wow. You know, like all these. Oh, random, it's epic, man! Like, done tons of bands. Everybody's doing it right now. And and what's cool about Twitch is that it's just a much more since it's been a it was a gamer platform, right? Mm-hmm. So it's much more advanced than Twitter's 
I'm in then uh, Instagram's live, right? And oh, cool. Okay. You can like the monetization piece is is really built in. Solid. Communication piece. You can be on a laptop computer, so you have the ability to write people back or whatever. You could have somebody there running that shit. It's like that sounds amazing. Damn. So, <laughs> get into this world now. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, and then it, it, everything's on links, and then you could get two of your friends' bands to play a group show that's everybody's in different places, but you're sort of sharing a fan base by being like, I like Mars Motel will stream the other two bands while the other two bands are playing and they'll do the same thing for you. So you don't have to corral all the fans into one place. You just sort of share fans through the internet that way. And that's, what's cool. Instagram live doesn't do that. You know? No, that's a big difference. That's really great. I also feel like I'm assuming if everyone's doing it like this i'm sure like the, the quality of audio is pretty decent right like you probably get pretty good decent, plus yeah. you could you could sign up you, you could just like i got an apogee one here you can just do whatever your computer like setup is and mic right. it all up like i'm sure i'm sure radioheads is like in a recording studio and they're yeah. just putting it pearl out. jam did one and it was pretty pro cool cool yeah you know? That's so great. The, I'll definitely look that up. That sounds awesome. Appreciate yeah. that. He heads up. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah, it's just what we'll see is is I think like I think that the live online concert will I don't think it's going to go away. I don't I either. I think it'll evolve and I think it'll turn into something that's like what you do for the other 6 months out of the year, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And and you do it until a time when you can go tour Japan so you can build an audience of playing live for for japanese like fans until you've built up enough people out there that it warrants a tour you know totally. and i think that that might if you really think about it like that is that you could incrementally grow fan bases in places in ways that wouldn't have been possible without the machine in the past right mm -hmm. so if you can get yourself to hey we've got like look our last jap our last three japanese online things had 150 people on there and all of these people are from tokyo we're gonna go to tokyo and play a show that'll get mm -hmm. people to back you you know like it's just it's all data and it's all gonna be based on like real world like this is what it is it was cool in the past because they would just throw you out there and that would kind of make you by mm -hmm. just being there you would get start getting made by just the process of being there, you know? Mm -hmm. but, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's also case, really cool because like, you know, you notice that with Spotify and Apple Music kind of giving you the artist insights, right? You start yeah. to see like these little pockets of places they're listening to you and you're like, wow, like, man, if only I could figure out a way to tap more into like South America because it seems like South America has a very large totally. Mar Mar motel fan, you know? So like, that's a great, great point. It's like, how do we start like, with all this information we're receiving, how can we further tailor our music to reach these people right because like it doesn't necessarily need to be just a u.s style band anymore mm -hmm. or, you know wherever you're wherever you're based like it's this whole idea of like if you're, if you're really a global aspect like you know you can you can like use a lot of this insights and like you know analytics to help like you know help make decisions that will hopefully help your career and overall so well here's something to think about right is that i always think about like this if you're a decent band there's no way in hell that there isn't a thousand people out there that you could call, that you could develop into a true fan, you know? There's like a theory that, you know, it's talked about, it's called a thousand true fans. Any artist of any kind who develops that, that they, you know, that the concept is if you spend a hundred dollars on that artist per year, then, you know, a thousand times a hundred, it's a hundred thousand dollar income 
per year for mm. that artwork. And whether you're a solo artist or a band, you know, you gotta, it, it, it ends up working different. But the point is, is that now you have this global, global reach to find those thousands, thousand people so that you can get to from making no money to $100,000, which opens up a ton of opportunities where you can start buying PR, you can start buying right. the things that the next level of marketing in any business would require, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, uh, I, I think if you look at the positive of it, there's definitely an interesting um, uh, opportunity to, to reach out and not have to be as like, oh shit, we gotta we have to kill Brooklyn, we have to kill New York before we can move off into this other, it's like, no, you can have a full on thing going from wherever the hell you are, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, whatever's inspiring. I, I think that, you know, when, when things were moving, it was interesting because like, I made it like a, a you know, we, we had to make like a, a, a decision where like, if we were going to play some of these big shows, right, it was only really worth it to play some of these New York shows if we were going to get them to be like absolutely packed and sold mm -hmm, out. For sure. And like, you know, all the venues here, they all talk to each other. Everyone kind of like gives you an opportunity once they know you've proved yourself at the previous level of venue. Mm -hmm. So like we spent a lot of time here kind of like doing that and like really kind of trying to build up that, that world. And that's kind of where like, it, you know, it, for us, it, it got culminated at the Bowery Ballroom last year, which was, which was amazing. And, you know, coming off of like a Firefly performance, which you, you know, mentioned before like that, like I was hoping and just like praying that like we kind of, may have bridged that gap like going to mm -hmm. 2020 like i wanted to be on like all the right mini the smaller festivals and like i wanted to be like having us jump that i guess the real kind of question now is like with everyone being level set what mm -hmm. happens now you know it's like all of us are essentially like the live game it's like it's it's completely changed everyone who was like doing their thing like jumping that curve like like just on their next break like what happens to that I now yeah, no, if you, it's a great point because if you mm -hmm. think about it from that perspective, you, you've actually, a lot of bands actually got an opportunity. There's an opportunity there, right? Like if everything's level set, then where do you get your advantage? Like how do you, how do you cut through and, and, and find that advantage piece that nobody else is looking for or nobody, or they're all just so entrenched in the old that they won't adopt the new mm -hmm. and that's i mean i think you're gonna see some upsets like i think there'll be a lot of upsets of like oh yeah. wow where the fuck that guy come from right exactly like, those dudes were exactly. just on it you know like yeah those guys came yeah. off twitch and just nailed it you know i got twitch damn <laughs> or whatever you know what i mean yeah, for the day, every, every platform. yeah yeah I'm sure Spotify will be rolling out at some point something that you know like all of them are gonna want to get in that game if yeah. it's engaging of course it's all about like is it engaging and can they sell more shit mm -hmm. right and I've also noticed though like you know I think it regardless of your platform right because I think there was a period of time right where everyone's like I gotta be on every platform I gotta have tons of followers on every platform but I think what's what's helpful to kind of like limit some of that that anxiety it's like focus on one platform, you know, like find your audience on one platform, start developing that to like a real connection where like, if you post something, people are commenting, They're not just like liking your stuff. Like they, they want to engage, they, they see like some sort of like true interaction because you've now made yourself a presence on this platform. They're following you, you know, for whatever, for whatever reason. And like, 
make it worth their while, right? So like, you don't necessarily, I mean, personally, I think like, you don't need to like spend all your time on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitch. And like, like, you know, there's just so many of these things. Like if you have a great audience on Twitter and people are communicating with you, keep pushing that, keep building that. Same thing for Twitch and Instagram. Like, I think it's very important that like, at the end of the day, everyone just wants to be able to like, have some sort of connection to the artists that they follow, whatever that may be, right? Like they feel like, I feel like it's just, that that's where they're following in the first place, right? Like they found your music through X. If you can mm-hmm. build upon that and develop like, that fan, you know, or that audience member to a true fan, mm-hmm. hopefully they'll keep sharing that and keep sharing that and keep sharing that. And like, that's all you can really hope for, you know? It's like for sure. Make, making that like giant big break all of a sudden and be like, yeah, I have like, you know, 3 billion listens on, on Spotify all of a sudden. I feel like that make or break scenario is so rare for most artists. And like, it's, it's not about that, like just winning ticket, you know, it's, it's more important about like, how is each day or how is each you know week or month like how are you slow playing this game because it's a long game and like it's, it's easy game. to get burnt it's easy to get burnt out i mean you guys know it's like easy to get burnt out and like you get tired like like i think a big part of covid has made me realize too it's like i was burning myself out i was so exhausted at the end of 2019 i remember coming into <laughs> december being like i need a break like i'm just like so tired and of course i was ready by january like let it go but like you know that you we all go to that that feeling of like you're rehearsing so much you're playing so much you're putting so much attention into like the mixes and like just like just like the like the, like the oral attack you know like you just get you're just yeah. playing so much and your ears just like tire you out like you like we all know that feeling it's like I remember tired like, ears like, yeah That's and my ears just ringing and just being like oh i'm so not feeling it and like you can't sleep right because like you hear like that like that like hum <laughs> so like all that all that kind of stuff which like i hear that up. 24 hours a day man yeah. it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> there was a period where i was too man i was really worried thank god it's like slowly gone away but i was like very worried for a little bit those damn fenders they're so bright <laughs> <laughs> that's true it can be well um hey man it's been it's been great hearing hearing everything about what you guys are up to and yes thoughts on great things. it's always Thank good you. too to put a face with the um music we listen to too which is For really sure. cool what uh where can everybody find you where, what's that one channel you're focusing on that, that you'd want or multiple that that you'd like them to find you on? i would love for everyone to follow us on instagram right now i feel like it's a place right now that's been growing and it's been growing organically and it's it's comfortable in a lot of ways but you know i think that you can find us on any platform wherever that may be and you, you will soon find us on twitch but you know i think i think right now if you want to really kind of get to know what we're doing and like who we are as a personality band like follow us on on instagram cool. and uh, what's the yeah. handle there mars underscore motel okay we'll put it in the show notes but that's yeah. good here. absolutely yeah. um what uh we usually play a song on the way out which one do you want man because I mentioned it, I think Wild Sin could be a good... Wild Sin. Yes, sir. That's a good cool. one. Starts off the album, Passenger X. Yep. Excellent. Well, Sarek, it's been Thanks, awesome, man. man. Thanks again for taking the time. We appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to what comes out of this COVID opportunity for you as far as new songs. And we look forward to uh, seeing what you got next and keep us posted on anything you do, live performances Thanks. included. Appreciate it, guys. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. You got us, man. It's my time to go home. Can it be my show? All I need.
Dios de 